Hey, this is Nick here. I wanted to send a quick message to the founders out there. If you're raising your first round of capital and you're not located in the Bay Area, New York City, or Boston, we'd love to connect with you. Newstack leads deals for founders that don't fit the standard Silicon Valley profile and are located in undercapitalized areas. If that describes you, or if you know a startup that fits that description, please send us an email. It's team at newstack.vc. Now here's a word from our partners. This episode of TFR is brought to you by Pacific Western Bank. Pacific Western is the leading provider of venture debt and banking services to startups, growth stage companies, and their investors. Go to pacwest.com to learn more. Welcome to the podcast about investing in startups, where existing investors can learn how to get the best deal possible. And those that have never before invested in startups can learn the keys to success from the venture experts. Your host is Nick Moran, and this is The Full Ratchet. Welcome back to TFR for a special installment of Investor Stories. In this segment, the investors tell a story about some of the most odd and unusual situations they've ever encountered as investors. This is the segment called The Strange and Unusual. On today's special segment, we have Chris Farmer of SignalFire. Chris, can you tell us a story about one of the strangest or most unusual things you've encountered as an investor? Strangest or most unusual? Wow. (laughs) You know, I mean, I I think... (laughs) <laughs> I'll answer this a little more generically, but you know, I mean, I, I think one of the things I love about this business is that you know you deal with people whose ideas are so much on the bleeding edge that they can be perceived as almost crazy or or actually crazy. And most of the time, that's true. The vast majority of the time, that's true. But sometimes, you know, these founders are on the right side of crazy, and history proves them right. And what seems sort of heretical on the face of it over time, eventually feels obvious. Of course, it would be done that way. You know, this this radical (laughs) reinvention of communications or the way that we, you know, commute or whatever it is. And, you know, I think that's the, you know, it's hard to put a finger on this particular crazy or or, uh, bizarre event. But, uh, you know, the the, the part of the fun part of this job is you meet a lot of visionaries who uh, can have a view of the future that's fascinating and sometimes it is truly visionary and other times it's just a hallucination. And, um, you know, it, that d- deciphering which is which is uh, the, the, probably the funnest part of the job. On today's special segment, we have Rebecca Caden of Union Square Ventures. Rebecca, can you tell us a story about one of the craziest situations or pitches you've encountered as an investor? Craziest situations or pitches? I always think it's like, you know, interesting or um, funny when you get just pitched in in areas that you don't expect. And um, generally you ignore them and you don't focus on them. But I've definitely been on the subway in New York and sat next to someone and they're working on something and you kind of look over and you strike up a conversation and it turns out to be actually really interesting and something you want to follow up on. And I don't know. I think, you know, I don't know that I've actually done any of those, but I always love when you know, we all have our general deal flow channels and we all have our things way works. And I just love when this industry kind of surprises you that way. It seems like it can be serendipitous in a lot of different ways. You know, somebody gets referred into you and you you never see it coming. And before you know it, you're investing. Well, yeah. And the thing I love about it is like, you know, literally you're trying to do two to four deals a year in, in our structure, right? Like 
it's so few over the course of your career compared to the companies you're going to see. It's so few. And so this whole thing is on outliers. There is never going to be a norm because you're always looking for the, the thing on the edge. Right, right. At this point, if you're a VC, you've heard of Carta. You've probably even accepted securities from a portfolio company on the platform. It feels like every new company is using Carta, and there's already 16,000 VC-backed companies on the platform. They also offer tools and services for VCs like fund administration. Carta has an army of fund accountants delivering high-quality service and dedicated teams of engineers constantly improving the functionality of their user-friendly investor platform with in-app quarterly reporting, real-time fund metrics, LP portals, and more. It's also easy to switch from an existing fund administrator or to augment your in-house team with their service. Learn more about their services at carta.com forward slash investors. And this episode of TFR is brought to you by Pacific Western Bank. Pacific Western specializes in providing financial services to startups, growth stage companies, and their investors, helping to navigate financial obstacles by providing access to funds and expertise. Pacific Western's customized products and team of venture banking specialists provides a banking experience designed specifically with startups and VCs in mind. If you run a tech company or if you invest in tech companies, it's strongly advisable that you build a relationship with the folks at Pacific Western. Go to pacwest.com to learn more. On today's special segment, we have Ben Narrison of NEA. Ben, can you tell us a story about the craziest situation or pitch you've come across as an investor? Well, craziest situation was had nothing to do with a pitch, uh, had everything to do with a, a behavior of an entrepreneur that I did not realize or understand what was till later. But I had a company, a founder I had seeded, brilliant kid. I mean, absolutely brilliant. Everybody wanted to put money into this guy. And top-tier firms fought to put it in. And in the end, there was like three top-tier firms and little old me alongside. And I ended up spending, this is an entrepreneur that I liked a lot, probably because he did lean on me, not excessively, but pretty, you know, enough to make me feel good. You know, there's certainly, we all have egos. And so when someone looks to you for advice and trust your counsel, mm-hmm. and he used to call me Socrates, which if he's listening, he knows who he is. So <laughs> obviously not going to name him, but I, I think Socrates is one of the greats. So that really just touched a part of my core. And we would have these deeply philosophical conversations and, you know, he came over to the house once cause I'm always welcoming of my entrepreneurs. And at the end of this like hour long conversation, I was like, you're looking for the meaning of life. And it's pretty much what he was looking for. And I was like, look, you're never going to find it. It's going to find you. But those are the sort of conversations we would sometimes have. And I definitely enjoy those sort of conversations. But at one point, he wanted me to come in and see the whole team. And I'd known the team. I'd visited them before. But it was, uh, let's just say, one of the weirdest meetings I've ever had. He was late, and he was being incredibly paranoid and almost nonsensical. And I really couldn't figure out at all what was going on. And I didn't know if like, he was unhappy with the presentation I was giving to his team or if I was letting him down. And I was being very self-critical, like, what have I done that I haven't fulfilled this guy's needs? He wanted me to communicate a message to the team. I must have missed something here. Well, about three months later, the company imploded. And it turns out it imploded because the co-founders could no longer work with the founder, and they had an enormous rift. 
And the reason for the drift was what which totally surprised me because I'm obviously very I must have been just entirely ignorant, was that this particular founder had gotten hooked on what used to be called when I was young, whippets, which is I think nitrous oxide. Wow. Which is like when you take a can of whipped cream and you suck the gas out and it gives you a, a buzz or something. Oh god. Which, you know, didn't occur to me was a thing. <laughs> Certainly didn't occur to me <laughs> yeah. as an addictive thing. But it had dramatically changed his behavior. He'd become very paranoid. He'd become, you know, he thought of it as perhaps uh, helping him think better and being mind expanding. But I think it took him to a dark place, whether he realized it or not. And it was sad and disheartening because it made it really, really, not only did it fracture the company in a way that was irretrievable, but it did it in a way that was very painful and hard for everybody involved. And it seemed like just an absolute, complete and total waste. Um, wow, that's disappointing. Yeah, I think there's a small subculture in Silicon Valley of interest in expanding thought through artificial means. That has never been something that's ever intrigued me. And I'm, I'm a huge believer in expanding thought through the means of conversation and intellectual debate and, you know, reading and philosophy. And there's all kinds of stuff. I mean, getting together and having a junto of concepts and, you know, almost being like debate club, there's all kinds of stuff you can do. But I was really disheartened to learn that not only this entrepreneur, but some others has sort of turned to artificial stimulants as a, a way to expand their creativity and thinking. And I think there's a huge and dangerous downside that people don't understand and dismiss. And, you know, I want to be clear-headed, thoughtful, engaged. And I think something that gets in the way of that, you know, if people just think, well, it'll help, maybe it'll kill the company. Maybe it'll kill your relationship. You know, this isn't, there's a big epidemic in this country of a lot of other things that can actually kill you. This is more of the stuff that can just screw you up in a way that you might not recover from. Sure. Well, let's hope founders listening don't have to learn the hard way. Yeah, it's going to be the Ben Neris and don't do drugs routine, you know, like <laughs> the dare campaign. There you go. Um, instead of mothers against drunk drivers, it's <laughs> investors against artificial influence of your intellect. <laughs> Love it. That will conclude this installment of Investor Stories. If you're enjoying the program and would like to see it continue, take a moment and leave a five-star review in iTunes. Also, if you'd like updates on new content from TFR, as well as the top 10 VC articles every week, go to fullratchet.net and sign up for the newsletter. Okay, that will wrap things up for today. Until next time, over-prepare, choose carefully, and invest confidently. Thanks for joining me. Thank you.